it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Aarons. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. All right, everybody, welcome to Get Mental here on The Answer San Diego, 1170 AM. 96.1 FM in North County. Thank you for being with us today. Today's show is on the subject of mindfulness. I'm sure many of you have heard this term and may have even wondered what it really means and what the buzz is all about. So I thought it'd be great to dedicate a whole show to unpack this this thing called mindfulness. And I will be joined today by Miss Joy Parks, certified mindfulness teacher and empowerment coach. And together, we will explain what mindfulness is, discuss its many health and wellness benefits, and talk about how you can apply it in your day-to-day life. At the end, we're also going to do a meditation. Um, So stick around for that. For those of you new to the show, Get Mental is um, where we discuss all things mental health and normalize conversations about mental health. This is your host, Cecile Ahrens, licensed psychotherapist in San Diego, Um, I'm also the owner of Transcend Therapy, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. You can check us out at transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com for more information. And you can also access our podcast on Anchor, Apple, and Spotify. If you want to suggest future topics, have burning questions, um, or you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise, just email us, transcendtherapy at gmail.com. Here to help us understand and appreciate the benefits of mindfulness is our uh, guest, Joy Parks, and she is a certified mindfulness teacher and empowerment coach who specializes in supporting ambitious professionals who have worked hard to achieve success but feel stuck, hopeless, and helpless. Utilizing the science of goal setting and the art of mindfulness, Joy helps her clients realize the power and ability for long-lasting change from within. Prior to her time as an instructor and coach, Joy spent more than 15 years in the corporate world and nonprofit sector, working as a special projects manager and team leader. Wonderful. Welcome, Joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for for today's show. I'm so excited for this opportunity to share this practice that's so close to my heart and has supported me and um, can hopefully support our your listeners. Yes, I do a lot of mindfulness-based okay. uh, interventions in my practice, so I'm so excited that you're here to, uh, a, a, an expert in the field, to really talk about what it can do for us. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and your personal journey okay. that led you to becoming a meditation teacher. All right, let's 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 just dive right in. And, yes. And, and, and get deep, Cecile. So... <laughs> Do we have like four hours? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my journey has been really interesting, a, a, a bit of an irony. I grew up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, where there's a large um, Buddhist community, the first uh, uh, Buddhist university in the Western um, Hemisphere was in Boulder, but I grew up very Catholic. I'm the youngest of 10 kids in a Catholic family. So I grew up in Boulder with this large meditation community surrounding me, but I um, wasn't exposed to it until I moved to California at a much later time in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been interesting to see how it's it's come um, become such an important part later on for mm-hmm. me and taking me full cir- circle back to my time in Colorado. Wow, um, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so I started meditating back in 2009. Okay. Uh, I was working in the corporate world, as um, you mentioned in my bio. I wor- Sony, right? Yes. So I worked in <clears throat> Sony's online gaming division. Wow. Yeah, the world's an interesting place. I've had... I've <laughs> They introduce <laughs> mindfulness over there? No. Oh. Uh, so I was working as a projects manager, and uh, I was under a lot of stress okay. you know, working in the corporate world. I was in yes. you know, my, my early 30s. I had some health issues, and I was just um, not coping day-to-day well. Mm-hmm. I was you know, doing what we say, rehearse and rehash, yep. worrying about what I had done and what, you know, did I make the right decision with that, and just laying in bed at night and then thinking about what I had to do the next day. And 
it was getting really overwhelming. And I think that's something so many of us can relate to, whether it is in your work environment or with family and life, we really Absolutely. get caught up in that process. And I'm not even sure what the first impetus was, but I was introduced, um, my first experience with mindfulness was through a program called the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program. Yes. I don't know if you've heard John of that. John Kabat-Zinn. John Kabat-Zinn, yes. And it was at UCSD in 2009 that um, I, I first heard of that program. And I thought, okay, I had thought a little bit about doing transcendental meditation. I listened to um, oh, this big fish who, uh, God, I can't, I can't remember wrote it, but it was, I listened to an audiobook on tra and TM and I thought that was sure. gonna be my journey, but this was more accessible to me at the time. So I did an eight week course at UCSD. Wow. Uh, and it- Transformed your life. It, it was interesting how I got thrown in. I had no experience meditating. Day one, session one, we did a 45 minute meditation. You did that? Day yes, one? Wow. Day one, page one. <laughs> 45 minutes. That's I didn't know. pretty impressive I, I, for, I was, for, for a rookie. Well, I mean, I, I didn't have a choice. Really. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. So that was, uh, it, it was interesting. I started that practice to help me with my stress and my anxiety and managing it. And, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get real here. You know, this is get yeah. mental. My family had um, some mental health challenges. And my older sister, who was a real guiding light for me, had um, died by suicide when I was 22 and she was 30. Wow. And there was a lot of, you know, and I talk about in my um, bio and who I helped, there's a lot of hopelessness that I didn't realize with her. And right. I really um, <clears throat> spent a lot of my life worrying about that mm -hmm. and thinking like I had never suffered with, um, you know, deep mental depression. depression but yeah. I always had in my head really that concern of, oh, I, I don't. I don't know what that feels like to get to that place, and I didn't want to. Right. Uh, so I, I was really thankful to get into this meditative space and yeah. to help me manage with that anxiety and that stress, but I did it to help with work and myself. The interesting thing that came from that is that uh, I began practicing regularly for you know that first year, but, and this is not for everyone, and I don't mm -hmm. suggest this like, oh, go quit your job if you kind of have doors open, but for me, the journey was that I realized that as much as I love the creative energy working in the video game world, that it wasn't the right space for me. Mm -hmm. And at that time, um, it really gave me the opportunity of like, there's something more. And my husband and I actually quit our jobs wow. and left and traveled for six months. Wow. So was he was, in the corporate world too? Yes. Good for was. you guys. So, I love that. Counterculture. Uh, right. Having the courage just, to do that. We Again, we're not saying no, quit you don't your have job to. That's not my. Be financially no, irresponsible. No, no, no. It, but be it, conscious. Yeah. Being conscious about right. your Choice. And that's what I really focus on with my clients is that that's, it was fine. It worked for us. And, you know, we brought, we found our path back and it was a, we were okay financially to do it. But what I want to help people realize is that you don't have to quit your job and go travel to Central America necessarily. <laughs> you know, you can, you can make these shifts and make changes, but just being, um, being aware of really what um, makes you feel whole and centered. And that my meditation practice did change my life. It was interesting though, that I was pretty regular for two years right. with this practice and, um, and I stopped doing it yeah. for a while. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see how something so beneficial to us, sometimes we step away from it. Absolutely. And I look back and think, what was that about? Well, when people feel better, when they start to feel better, when you're out of the crisis, at least in therapy, that's kind of how it presents. And then so people get what they need from it sometimes. And it doesn't, um, the state doesn't become a trait. Right. Okay, which is like what that. our favorite teacher, Tara Brock, oh, Tara. usually refers to, right? Mm -hmm. It just was a moment in time that it was needed, but it hasn't transferred over as a trait. And But right now, it sounds like this is now a way of life for you. Oh, it has. And so that was, a, you know, that was uh, probably back, you know, and I, I, I took a little break. Uh, and so that was 2012, 2013. But I really came back to the practice and realized how much support it supported me. Yeah. And so I returned to it. And I was doing different modalities. And uh, I, you know, it was focus mainly on mindfulness. And we can talk a little bit about the definition of mm -hmm. what mindfulness is. Yeah. Um, if you want. Why don't we do that so, actually just for our viewers to really, okay. I think that's a good place to start. You okay. Know? Yeah. Um, what is for you the basic definition of mindfulness? Because there are a few different definitions, but for you as a meditation teacher and a practicing person. Okay. Let's, let's talk. This is the distilled version. This is what I teach to yes. my one-on-one -on -one clients and to my students in my mindfulness 101. Wonderful. Uh, so Mindfulness, the sitting meditation practice, which we will do at the end of the class, is defined by John Kabat-Zinn. This is, again, a dis very distilled version. Placing your attention on the present moment by focusing on your breath and simply seeing what arises without judgment or bias. Okay. So just observing your thoughts. Yes. Or your feelings or sensations. Yes. Whatever is arising. Yes. Exactly. Okay. It's being present with it all. One thing that I really... Um, 
reiterate, and this is so important, and we in the Western culture uh, are very goal-oriented, and that's just life, and that's not mm -hmm. saying that we can remove those goals, but within this practice, I really um, encourage people not to focus too much of, am I doing this right? right? Am I going to, is this going to fix me? Is the goal of this to become relaxed, to clear yeah. my mind, and that is not the goal. The goal is simply to be present with whatever arises for you, and I think so often um, there's some beautiful relaxing practices, and I know that can really support us. This right. is deeper than that. This is being okay with, with being whatever. uncomfortable. And I think we really seek comfort so often, which can be fine, but sometimes to be more whole and strong, and I really encourage that to build a foundation and right. um, the overarching benefits, I like to say we'll get into some of the, the more um, scientific benefits, are yeah. building stability, mm -hmm. clarity, and strength within yourself, which we can all really use. Yes, yes. So there's some overlap there into the therapy world, right? There's yes. a, there's um, what we call distress tolerance, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I, I imagine mindfulness really can help with that. Right. Because what happens in, with our clients in therapy is that when they're unable to self-regulate and tolerate the distress that they're experiencing, that's where they're at risk for um, behaving in ways that may be dysfunctional or damaging. Oh, absolutely. And that's where it arises. And I think that can be counterintuitive for a lot of people to realize that I don't want to sit with this. This is too mm -hmm. much, this distress. So substance abuse, yes. right? Let's just distract ourselves uh -huh. and make it go away. Yes. But when you can sit with it and, um, and, and trust yourself it. enough. And I think that's where like the empowerment comes from. And I know in therapy, that's a big part. And I, and this is an up Therapy is just, a these are all tools in our toolbox we can use. There's not one magic right. thing to fix anybody. That's not the answer. Right. But that definitely is a huge overlap of empowering ourselves and, again, the, the self-trust. Yes. And I think we all, myself included, it is challenging sometimes to sit for 10 minutes with our thoughts. Right. People are like, I do not want to do that. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, for a lot of people, that sounds really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, interesting that you quoted John Kabat-Zinn, the person who defined mindfulness that I felt like really resonated with me. He says, Aware uh, mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. <laughs> and then he sometimes adds, in the service of self-understanding and wisdom. Yes. Sounds really good. Yes. But also sounds really hard. It, it, and this is, a, this is a, it's, it's something that is not a quick fix. And um, I will say now my practice where I was certified is focused on secular Buddhism, um, okay. which I feel very fortunate to have had the teacher I had. He um, has been practicing um, uh, mindfulness for 50 years for mm -hmm. a Buddhist, a Tibetan Buddhist who came over to the U.S. And uh, what's her name? Uh, my teacher's name is David Nickturn. Oh, his name. Sorry. David, David Nickturn. Okay. So he's a really he's a wonderful um, creative. He's a musician, composer. Mm -hmm. um, teacher, he just wrote a, uh, he's written a couple books. He's one of my favorite teachers as well. But I think that's like what he's very, helped me with a lot is that, mm -hmm. um, again, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's an investment and it takes time. The slow, steady consistency of doing your everyday practice is key to it. So let's talk about that. Okay. Right? Let's pretend we have a person who's never meditated before. Okay. How would you walk them through this process? How would you have them start um, to, to just sit with their feelings and thoughts? What I like to do is when I, um, when I have one-on-one -on -one clients, I get to know them a little better through um, them sharing what they're comfortable with in a survey. Just getting a background of yeah. what they're coming to me for. Very important. And understanding mm -hmm. of what, what, do you, what do you need support with? Mm -hmm. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. And I learn a little bit more about them. And then I, you know, I, I, I speak to them in a way of understanding that and helping them realize. I think the, the key component in anybody, even when I do, like I'm teaching a group class now, is telling people to be gentle with themselves. There's another key component. I say that all um, the time. There's a wonderful teacher, and I'm sorry, her, her, her name is Drian. It's a Drian Blake. You probably know Cecile. She practices. She's huge on self-compassion, which is uh -huh. a big thing right now. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh? No, Thich Nhat Hanh is wonderful. She's a, she's a um, Western psychologist right. teacher, but self-compassion is a huge oh, thing. I teach this. I mean, I try to uh, incorporate a lot of self-compassion in my, in my work, especially because I work with a lot of trauma, right. trauma cases. So um, what I like to do with it, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or with a group, I like to say what I like to do is create a container. Okay. We've created this space. We're in it together. And one of the most powerful things I didn't realize when I first started meditating, to me, not being in this world, I'd practice yoga and other things, but yep. it was like when you're in a group and you're quiet, you don't think like, what's the difference of doing it at home, which is important too, to do it on your own. The powerful connection that you feel yeah. with shared humanity is 
indescribable sometimes. And it's so hopeful too, to me. Like I was just at a a talk with my teacher in a group up in LA where I was trained and there was 25 of us and we all shared in that space and there's so much power there. Mm -hmm. And so when I have my students together in a group, um, you know, sometimes it's smaller groups, but just saying, be Think yourself and right. just say, I am taking this time. I'm right. investing in this, this, into this whatever 15-minute period into listening to myself and trusting myself to being here. So I really want to create that, that space. And I work with a lot of corporate clients mm-hmm. because being from the corporate world, I've realized that that's really the niche I wanted to work with. I think it's so needed. Yes. You know, stress yes. is the new normal is what I say. Everyone's walking around stressed out and uh, multitasking, which is so bad for your brain and your body. <laughs> and I know we're not, we're not meant to do that at all. Yeah. And when, so when I go into a corporate environment too, what I really, I, I love it. And you'll see the people come in and it's just like, I don't have time for this right now. I've so, got so many things to do. So you usually just, I guess we'll probably get an experiential feel yes, at the end yes, of how it could be, yes. which I think would be wonderful for our listeners and our viewers so that they can get like firsthand experience of what this could be. Yeah, like. I'll, I'll walk everyone through a practice, but it is just again creating that space for them to realize like you you can take a night. We joke in the meditation world as people say, "How long should I meditate?" <laughs> and you say, "Well, if you have time, twenty minutes a day." Which I'll say like I'm going to share a tool. With you. you can even yes. go less than that. But we say, "Meditate for twenty minutes a day." Well, what if I don't have time? Meditate for an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a choice. You're right. We have. The time. You have to make time. It's it's an investment and it's a yeah. changing of things. And I don't like say taking time out of your day because it's not taking something away. This is a this is an addition. This right. is a gift. Yeah. And this is something to implement into your daily routine that can really greatly support you. But yes, we'll get into the experiential side yeah. at the end because I think it, you know that sounds daunting for a lot of people. And again, it's it goes back to that discomfort, sure. the fear of the unknown, and some people just. I think don't also understand the benefits. So it doesn't motivate them to do something that they don't really fully understand could really be beneficial. So why don't we talk about that? Let's go. What are it. the known benefits of mindfulness? Okay. So like I said, when I, and I, and I really, um, you know, my training is through, uh, you know, I, my first, I didn't do the teacher training through MBSR. I did that as a personal experience for myself, but that's when I really got into the scientific side of it. And we can um, share maybe some um, links if people want to learn more about that. Yes. But one of the things that uh, John Kabat-Zinn discovered in his program when he started in the late 1970s was that um, he started at the University of Massachusetts Cancer Center, mm-hmm. and it was to support people going through cancer treatment mm-hmm. and dealing with the stress and you know when you're getting chemo and, and just not feeling great. And what they mm-hmm. soon realized is it actually supported with people go with some of their symptoms. It didn't obviously cure cancer. Right. But there's some massive reduction in the, uh, in the intensity. Yes. Right. Of their symptoms. So there's studies, um, after that, like that have just come to light so we can get into, I like to break it up into different areas. So Mm -hmm. when you look into, um, the health benefits, right? Just the overall general health benefits. It's been shown to prove, and we can again, we can I can share some links to you now. Yes. We won't get into exact details now, but it's been shown to support. We were talking about this before the interview. Someone was saying they have a really bad back. Mm-hmm. It's been um, shown to support people with chronic pain, right? Um, chronic disease in general, with diabetes type two, um, lowering blood pressure, and again, these aren't things that are guarantees. I don't want to yep. say this. This is one of your tools, but in it's your known to improve yes. your sense of well-being. Oh, that absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you get into... Because when you're walking around calmer, right, yeah. more present and grateful and connected to people, places, and things, I mean, to me, that makes sense why it would have a direct effect on your sense of wellness, right? right? And quality of life. Right. And I guess that can go back to what, um, you know, when I teach through the secular Buddhism practice, that's mm-hmm. really the big focal point that we all talk about is this, this sitting practice is the foundation of it. And it is helping you become internally anchored. Anchored. Yeah. And it's huge. And that was another game changer for me recently. Mm -hmm. Actually, like I've been a runner for a very long time and I've always been fairly healthy, but I'd suffered from, um, I'd suffered from chronic health issues Mm -hmm. and it was pretty surprising. You know, it was fairly healthy, but I I realized there was a part of me that was missing that disconnection of what um, I was putting in my body and how it was really making me feel. So when you become more anchored and you are in tune more, when you eat things or even like energetically what you consume and the energy of different people, you start to um, really pick up on that a lot more quickly. Right. And sometimes we're more stressed than we think, right? And when you're not aware of it consciously, your body will tell you. Yes. And if you have a little bit more of a connection with your body, you can start to kind of piece of like, oh, okay. Okay, shoulder. Okay, jaw. That actually just happened to me last week. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, 
I'm probably more stressed than I think. Right. And it's, it's interesting you say that too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunately so, just so common. We have um, a set point <clears throat> of what we feel is okay. Yes. Yes. And it's surprising, and I know this is a scary thing for people, but I also want to say, like, it's, this is a gentle practice to ease your way into it. There's no way of, like, you have to do it for this long of a time to do it. And yes. I really want to encourage people. This I'm is... so glad you said that because I always say that, too, with my clients who I know get intimidated by it. I'm like, just start with one minute yeah. or 30 seconds, whatever. Just right. start somewhere. Start somewhere and be consistent with it. And be and if, you, let's say, like, you know, there's, there's no guarantees. I had some really interesting experiences further down the road of mm-hmm. – being very challenged with my practice. I reached the moment of like, oh, okay, I've been meditating for a long time. I'm feeling so zen and mm-hmm. I'm at, you know, I've leveled up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get crashed down and right. you feel like I am struggling and this practice is not connecting in the same way it did. But you know what? You sit with that and you move right. forward and that's yeah. just part of the journey. There's yeah. no destination of, you know, it would be ideal, you know, to be enlightened right. or whatever it is, but it's just being present and being, it's just being compassionate. That's what this is about is being in the moment and right. every moment. And this is, again, goes back to the hope, hopefulness is every moment is a fresh start. When you live mindfully, right. if you're feeling bad, you can start, you can, you can recognize that, sit with it, but not mm-hmm. connect with it and, mm-hmm. and just work with those feelings. So right. just being, just being compassionate goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with RAIN? If you want to tell the listeners what RAIN stands for. RAIN stands for, which is a mindfulness-based uh, intervention and practice, recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. Mm-hmm. Love it. And my clients know. They tease me too. They're like, oh, I know what you're going to say, Cecile. RAIN. RAIN. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's practice RAIN right here, right now. And there's so much that comes out. Yes. So much richness. So much of the kind of the, the underbelly of what they're, the pain they're carrying is really about. Yeah. It just cuts through the, the chase and gets to the heart of the matter. It does. And in I, a really loving, yes. self-compassionate way. Yes. And I think the, the recognize and allow those mm-hmm. two things. And I think the recognizing is a big part of it that we often don't do. Right. Um, we can have this gray cloud of not feeling well or having this underlying anxiety. And you don't know what it is. You just kind of let it sit there. But yes. when you can recognize, allow and investigate that and nurture. But when you get into the part of recognizing, I like to look at it like whatever the thing is. I'm right. I can place it. I can put a face to it. I could recognize it, right. allow it to be there, and then move it away. Yes. Rather than having this ambiguous um, feeling of just la- allowing that to stay there yeah. and just settling in and letting it be. Naming the feeling. Yes. That's usually what I try yes. to have my clients do if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and the investigation is usually where a lot of people get stuck. So I, um, again, this is uh, from the work of Tara Brock, just from years of kind of listening to her, I I put together two questions that I felt like really concretized that part of RAIN. So I go and first I ask them to ask, what am I believing in this moment? Okay. Right? And then the next wing is, what is the unmet need in this moment? I love that. Because the unmet need, I find, is really at the center of the pain. And when they can identify that, oh, in this moment, I have a need to feel what, successful or seen or validated or right, then they can move through it. And, and through the nurture piece, mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. stage, they, they, they now have this insight to know how to meet that need, you know, or how to maybe just sit with that, right? right? Sometimes right. it's not an action no. um, item. It's more like, ah, that's what's going on, yes. you know? Yes. That's what's going on with me. Yeah. 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 And I like what you're doing with your heart right now. And I yeah. think that really, that sits with it. And I think that it's just, when you're, when you're meditating and you're at the point of the, the sitting mindfulness meditation, we can talk a little bit about mindfully living, but in the practice, you know, you don't, I um, t- teach my clients to not allow their thoughts to connect with any thoughts, whether they're right. positive or negative. But when you do have those moments of, Ooh, what is that right now? I yeah. feel that. Yep. And that can be like, I've had like those heart moments where, Ooh, this hurts. What, but I don't really it. understand. It, yeah. I just know it hurts. Yeah, and then yeah. you can, you know, that I, I encourage people, and I do this myself, exploring that afterwards. And that's where the investigation, I think, really serves us. And another one of my favorite teachers is uh, Pema Children. And I don't, yes. I want to talk, the, yes. the rain can be implemented, all of this, but it's right. really um, one of the things that is beautiful is that she teaches that we are all whole. And this has been mm-hmm. a huge game changer mm-hmm. for me because I really did a lot of this seeking of people to fix me. 
right. for a long time in my right. life. And what wanting, if there's nothing wrong? Yes, and there's not. And that's the whole yeah. thing is like we are all innately whole and um, we tend to hide from parts of ourselves that mm-hmm. we don't like or we mm-hmm. do quote unquote bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's all part of us. Right. And we're all this um, within the, the – we're, we're a jewel or a diamond and we might be covered with mud or dirt. But yep. that diamond and that essence of it is always there. Right. It's just uncovering it. Because there's so much wounding yes. that happens to us, yes. you know, and f- oftentimes it starts very early on in childhood, right? Mm-hmm. The seeds of discontent, of worthlessness and so forth get planted, at least in my world, working with trauma, trauma cases, that's how it manifests. And so it's hard for people to believe that they are worthy or good mm-hmm. enough. And I always tell them, you don't have to earn it. It already is. <sighs> It already is. Like, you're, you don't have to wait for some moment for that to be the case. No. But it's because of usually, in my experience, the trauma and the pain that m- and all the messaging, right, through the family, through the school system maybe, and society, all of that gets reinforced and you start to believe the lie. Yes. You know? And that is like, what is the, th- th- that's your truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we can do, you know, within the mindfulness practice is, as I said, you know, it's every moment's a fresh start and we all have this ability to go back to it. We don't have to, the stories we tell ourselves are just that. Yeah. I think we believe our thoughts and that's, that's mm-hmm. entire rock talks about that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't believe your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get so connected to things that, you know, uh, that we can just take a step away from it. Right. And realize that there's a space there right. between um, you as the witness and, and, uh, stories that we tell and those that thought process that can just get so carried away absolutely stay tuned everybody we'll be right back supporting local business isn't always convenient but at ortiz market it is ortiz market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of escondido boulevard and 13th avenue in escondido they're family owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. Let's get back to some of the benefits. Sure. Okay. Because um, you and I can go into oh, a few rabbit hours, holes. Hours. Yes, we won't do that. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll, let's get out of this let's rabbit focus. hole. Okay, let's focus. Focus. So um, <laughs> it's also known to improve physical health, right? Oh and my here, gosh. I'm going to read yes. a little bit here. Yes, it says, please. relieve stress, heart disease, low, uh, lower blood pressure, pressure, reduce chronic pain, improve sleep, alleviate gastrointestinal difficulties, just to name the few. And this is... Um, from helpguide.org okay. slash Harvard. Yes, yes. So there's Is that your experience? It, yes, it has been. My personal experience. And this is the path that, and I didn't talk about this a little bit, but about me becoming <clears throat> a teacher. Okay. It, this was the this was my story, and you know, it's pretty recent, and that makes this is a little vulnerable because you know, even though I've been meditating yeah. for a long time, uh, up until you know 2016, I was suffering some pretty bad health issues. Right. I'm a, I'm an Thank act- you for your authenticity. Yes. Yes. I think people need to hear that even healers, right. Have pain. Right. Right. Like who are we kidding? We're humans. Right. So thank you. Yes. I honor that. So it, it, um, was something, you know, I, I turned 40 in 2000, um, gosh, 2016. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, Oh my gosh, when did I turn 40? Uh, and that's uh, great. I, I you forgot. Had, that's good. That's not, yeah. I just have like paying attention to you know, how old I am, but you weren't uh, being mind. You weren't mindful about turning <laughs> no, 40. Okay, yeah. I'm teasing you. Uh, and I have, you know, I've had a wonderful, I feel very fortunate to have had the life I have. I, you know, I live in San Diego. I've got a wonderful husband. We travel and, um, you know, I'm physically active, but, um, I had suffered chronic health issues. Like very, um, I had, a. um, Diverticulitis. Oh, yes. Very painful. Familiar. Um, I had vertigo. Mm-hmm. All of these really That's crazy, really challenging. chronic things and a lot of um, digestive issues, even yeah. though I was, um, again, healthy. There was, a, there was a gap. Right. There was definitely a gap, and I was allowing myself to get stressed out. I also, you know, was running my own business separately, doing some project management on my own, and being an entrepreneur is stressful. And I was not practicing self-care. <laughs> so this is the real deal. When I turned 40, I had this um, bit of an epiphany of kind of laying things out. Mm-hmm. And, and looking, slowing things down. And, yeah. Right? And, but, and like assessing. Yes. What was I putting in my body? Yep. And that's a scary thing to take some ownership 
of what you're doing. Yes. And even though I'd been, you know, pract- had a practice, there was a little bit of a squishiness in my my structure of mm-hmm. how I was doing things. And I really thought, and this is a thing I use in my story when I talk to people too about it, like what, do you ever ask yourself, is this as good as it gets? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all ask ourselves that. And I right. answer to that is it's your choice to decide that. Right. And I made the choice at that point to kind of dig deeper into what I wanted my um, life to be, my life to be. And I made, a, I made changes and it, and then it was a little scary. And um, that discomfort of, I need to make some changes. Right. I need to make some choices. And uh, it, the changed. birth of consciousness. Right. So that was my, uh, that was when I went deeper and I uh, became a certified mindfulness coach and also a wellness coach. Right. And I really decided that I realized that this was a bigger part of my journey than just helping myself. I wanted to empower Help others other and use this tool that has so greatly supported me, honestly, and, and I still have to watch what I eat and I um, you know, see a doctor, but it, it yep. helped me with these chronic issues that I had personally experienced. So I can speak to that. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Personally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Um, it also is known to improve mental health. Mm-hmm. I know that firsthand because of what I do. Um, So, you know, it can help with depression, substance abuse, eating disorders, anxiety disorders, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorders or tendencies. And I also uh, know that it can improve your relationship with yourself and other people. Yes. Do you, do you, um, can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, oh yes, yes. So the, the, Again, it goes back to the sitting with some discomfort and things that, again, we might consider, quote, unquote, bad parts of ourselves. Yes. It's practicing that. And the stories, right? The stories. That we start to create about ourselves. So just think about that in the context of a relationship. Yes. Right? This person's triggering you. Yes. And if you're not aware and you start to run down this narrative, run a narrative about this person or a situation, if you don't have that that mindfulness, that presence, right. the conflict can just get worse right. and worse and worse and worse. Right. So the, the, there's something about the tolerating of the discomfort and the distress and then being present enough to pause yes. and take a step back yes. that, that allows you to show up in this conversation in such a different way. It does. And I think there's a power, and you said, uh, you know, using mindfulness as an anchor. Mm-hmm. And when we get into our um, practical, when we do our meditation at the end, you, you know, our focus, and as they said, the definition is our breath. Yes. We always have our breath as an anchor. <sighs> and when you build this foundation, and another thing that I, I know it supports is you don't, we are, again, in whole. We don't need, when you, when you are more mindful, you're stronger, you realize you don't need, I don't want to say this, you don't need anything to make, from anyone else to make you whole. Yes. You can go into a room and it's not being cocky or overconfident, but you feel like, I know that internally I'm okay and I'm strong, even if it's an unpleasant situation. Yep. yep. It's and an embodiment. Yes. Right. Of, yes. again, I think in, in, in my industry, we would call that self-esteem, mm-hmm. self-confidence, right? But really it's an embodiment of knowing that I'm okay as I am today. Right regardless of what's happening yes. in my life. Yeah, and I like a good example for me, and I realize this too, is I, I'm an interesting combo because I'm pretty type, I'm a type A personality and I'm social, but I am also pretty introverted in a lot of ways. And I, exactly social, social situations, and this is something again that being more mindful and very clear and using the RAIN acronym, recognize, allow, investigate. I thought there was something wrong with me, like going into a party. I don't mind speaking in front of groups who going to a party would cause me a lot of distress right. and I can like picture this and this is something I say this because I think people might relate to this that I'd be going to maybe a party or a work um, networking event and I'm telling myself these stories as I'm going there <laughs> of what if I see this person and what is this going to look like what, what are if they I thinking? thinking and what if I, I don't want to see, blah 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 and like you can just the wheels are spinning right <laughs> So you're putting this. You like, just created an entire created, narrative. It's like a textured narr- narrative yes. that's out this ten feet in front of you. You're futurizing. Yeah, and what what I, I, I love it now, and I and I one of the things I love traveling to and exploring, and I consider this an exploration, and it's a fun way to look at it now. Mm-hmm. When I have those experiences, I ca- I catch myself, and I say, drop the storyline. Yes. Drop the storyline. Go into that scenario with an open heart and open curious mind and mind. curious engaged, curious yeah. engaged. And it, it really, you could have, and I like in my practice and one of the things I really like um, doing is it, there's a, 
you know, I'm kind of a lighter person and I like to have a little fun. So mm-hmm. it's that funness yeah. and investigating it. Yeah. And when you talk to someone, there's funny, I talk about, you know, it's an interesting reference. Bill, there's a Bill Murray documentary and Bill Murray is actually a great example of being um, mindful, mindful and practicing secular <laughs> and Buddhist. He's very, he's very really, zen. yeah, but he does that. He does a lot of that, of dropping the storyline and just being really present and talking to people. And yeah. there's a lot of fun, but I, I think that's, um, it does relate to this of, how it can support us with just being stronger and understanding and not telling those storylines. And if you really look at everyone, everyone has their own thing going on. Right. We need to take care of ourselves and present ourselves in a way that we want to connect. And I can say that too, like we are all connected. And when you can look at it that way, Mm -hmm. you feel that, you feel that when you, when you can uh, really be present in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the time. Sure. um, Just so we could be uh, mindful. Time is just going by quickly. Yeah, this is great. So what are some of the, Common misconceptions. Uh, okay, there, about mindfulness. Uh, so there's so many, and uh, this is something that I I am really happy to see. This it's coming. Right. It's becoming right. very mainstream. Can I tell you one that just came to mind? Sure, please. That it's for like spiritual gurus and monks. Right. Right. That you have to right. be this like evolved, spiritually evolved person to be Absolutely. able to do this. Absolutely. Like you need to be sitting <clears throat> on, a, on a mountaintop and be Zen. And like, and this is, I'm not do, right. belittling any yeah. practice, but you don't have, like you have to have a certain mudra and you have to look a certain way and yes. do this. That is a big, big misconception. I think it's becoming, it's changing now. Yep. And I, I've sensed this even in the past year and I, I, and I don't know, I just don't want to get into politics or anything, but there's been a big shift. And I think people mm-hmm. are realizing like they need to be a little more, I don't know, we all there's a lot of stressful things going on right now. Oh, yes. And I think it's... Um, We're we becoming need, more socially conscious, yeah, I think, collectively. Right. And I think people are looking for more tools. And mm-hmm. I think that my, meditation in general is becoming more mainstream. And a lot of people with mindfulness specifically are like, oh, it's just a fad. Yes. And I want to say that that, that's let's another go misconception. back into the history of it. This practice is a foundational practice of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. It's a foundation of all Buddhist meditations. You know, and I would also say, I would go out and say... It's also a practice, I think, of all religions. Because when you think about it, oh, yeah. right? What is the what? What do we do, regardless of of yes, your faith? Yes. You're sitting there, yes. Right? Prayer yes. can be meditative. Oh, it, it is. It is absolutely is, and that's something I really tell people. And you sit there and you talk to your source, it's whoever all, that it's is. All related. I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not. You know, honestly, like what I teach is secular Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I tell my clients is that this aligns with any religious practice or no religious practice mm-hmm. at all. And that is a question. That's a common misconception. Do I have to be Buddhist to practice this? And the answer: uh, Buddhism is beautiful, and there's a lot of tenets that I practice. But absolutely not. You do not need to. Yeah, it's a secular practice. Um, but that that the you know the misconception that it's a fad is something else. I, I love that it's becoming more mainstream. It's practiced in corporations, and that's you know what I'm moving into is right. working with. And even psychotherapy has really yes. embraced this because it is actually, I need to mention this to people, this is an evidence-based approach. Yes. There's a lot of science behind this. This is not just some, you know, hocus-pocus form of treatment. This yeah. actually has been known to show results in measurable ways. Right. And mentally uh, and physically. And uh, that that is a... The, the big part of this is that, uh, yeah, so the misconception that you do have to um, be you know, super yeah. Zen Buddhist. And again, these are beautiful practices. You, it's, yeah. it's a practice. It's open to everybody. For all humans. And, um, uh, and another thing I just want to reiterate, and this is where the challenging part comes in. I know when people are under stress and anxiety, um, self-care is a big thing right now for good reason. We Absolutely. all need to practice self-care and there are relaxation yeah. techniques that we should all be doing in addition to mindfulness. Right. This is not a relaxation technique. Right. This is a deeper practice to help you, again, build that stability, clarity, and inner strength. Yes. So uh, when people ask me, I just, this is this going to relax me? Uh-huh. Maybe. Right. But that's not the point right. of this. The point of this is, again, just to be in the present moment. Thank you. That is a great distinction. I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, that there's a difference between just relaxing mm-hmm. and actually having a, a practice of going inside yes. and reflecting on your inner world. Yes. Two totally different things. Two totally different things. Yeah. And that can be um, challenging for people when they have that expectation of, uh, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to go inward. I just want to be the stress to go away. Right. And it's like, it's not a quick, fi- there's no quick fix, unfortunately. I'm actually going to touch on that. Okay. It's so great that you brought that up because um, – as I mentioned to you earlier offline, we do a segment on the show called Inspiration Corner. Yes. And the client that I'm going to feature actually had a little bit of a uh, uh, challenge with the mindfulness piece, and I'll talk about that and bounce it off of you. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, is it a misconception that it, it's hard, or is that is that pretty much like a fact? Oh, <laughs> 
putting you on See, the spot what here. What does hard mean? Let's all get into definition uh, hard. <laughs> what's hard? Is it challenging? Yes. Yes. Challenging. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. And this is this is what I know. So in my practice, and I'll share this with you, and I'm, as I, I'm going to share this with the audience, I have a free gift I want to give people. It's a mindfulness toolkit. Oh, awesome. And one of the, I have a Thank FAQ you. session section in there. And this is something that is um, a discomfort level in the heart is you don't close your eyes within this formal sitting meditation practice okay. that I Yes, that I because do. there are times when you, when you can and there's yes. forms of meditation where your eyes are open. Yes, and I um, have different modalities that I have my clients use, but the main focal point, that's the foundation, is that um, you have a gentle, gentle downward gaze. Yep. So you're not staring, mm -hmm. but that's hard. Right. People, people have a hard time with that. And that's been one of the greatest challenges I had. Someone asked me, can you just not do, can we just close our eyes the whole time? And it's yeah. to keep up your level of awareness. But right. that's one of the challenges with it, but it is. And it's, it's something, but I, I, I encourage. But it's worth it. It's so worth it. But this is where the true growth lies. Yeah. This is where you really, um, when you get past, or not even say get past, when you work with that discomfort, right. when you work with those challenges, it's like, it's different from learning how to play the piano or like for me, the analogy I use because I'm a runner is training for a marathon. Mm -hmm. um, it's a slow, steady pace. You're mm -hmm. not going to just go wake mm -hmm. up and run a marathon without any training. You're not going to like learn to play the piano overnight. Great Sometimes it's, I, I don't like to have... You have to build up to it. Do, and I don't like to be as goal-oriented in the meditation right. because some, the goal of it is just to be here now. Yes. Um, but there's a slow, steady consistency that is um, something that people need to do. So that can be challenging, Okay. Um, but it's so worth it. And I know for me, it, again, it was a game changer. And it's an incremental, right, process. They right. could just start, like, I'm thinking five, five minutes, then 10, then 20, and so forth. Yes. 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 So that's what I encourage people, again, the gentleness. The, there's words that I don't want to get um, too, too deep into it, but there's yep. three principles that I use is um, gentleness, precision, and letting go. Oh, I love that. So you're gentle I with yourself. That. There's a precision to the practice, and there's a letting go, which right. I think the letting go for us is, myself Probably included, is one of the, the hardest. But yeah. another thing I love, and this is, this is, again, a little bit of the playfulness we can do, and that's what I love about my teacher. He's a really kind of a funny guy. He's right. deep. Right. And there's a quote that um, one of my fellow, um, a colleague of mine uses, is it's sacred, not serious. Yes, I love that. So, sacred, not serious. Um, but there's a concept within this mindfulness meditation that we say, not too tight, not too loose. Yes. It's not getting so tight that I'm doing this right. I've got to do this right. And it's not too loose of I'm just going to sit back and right. whatever happens, happens. It's that right. middle ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where the power lies of, of having that, of understanding what it feels like for you and being engaged in the practice. Right. So that's, it's more, it's more work than just sitting back and lying on your bed. Yes. And, and yes. So there's work. There's work involved. I also just want to spend a couple more minutes. Sure. We're running out of time Okay. Here. Yeah. It's going back. Um, that about what is called m informal mindfulness. Okay. Because yes. I tend to start here okay. with a lot of my clients. Okay. Right. And so that could be like um, focusing your attention mm -hmm. in the moment, mm -hmm. such as if you're washing dishes, yes. being just present with that. If I'm playing with my son personally, I try to really just be present in that moment, engaging with him. You know, walking meditation, right? Yep. When you're walking, just kind of being aware of your surroundings. I, I have people use their five senses to kind of start to be just more present and grounded. Would you? Would you, uh, I guess, agree? That I, that would be... I agree. And so this is me coming from where I'm at. And this yeah. is what I... Because you're a lot more advanced. And where I come from, though, is I do... And that's a good this start. Is, this is my belief on this, is with... Th and this, these tools will work. And I, I'm, um, I just know for me that to truly, for me to live mindfully and do informal mindfulness, the mm -hmm. foundational practice of the formal mindfulness right. is a key component. Yes. But let's touch base. But that's base. just a start. It's a start. Yeah. So it's a start. But doing um, living mindfully is, that's the, the gap we need to bridge as well, is, mm -hmm. is a lot of practitioners will sit on the cushion for a half hour and then get up and the next thing you know, you're looking at your watch and you're not right. doing the right. mindful You're not living. applying it. Right. So the, the mindful, informal practices is, is just catching yourself. Um, there's health benefits to that. Like let's just touch really quickly on mindful yes. eating. Yes. Um, that yes. helps with digestion. That helps yes. with so many things when you're not just eating and not thinking Gouging about your food. and putting so much in. So there's, that's a key thing. And I, um, I do a mindful, uh, eating exercise that okay. I share with clients that can really help, um, bring that to light. And I mindfully walking and I just tell people when you're going from your car into your office, take a breath, take a pause, feel your feet on the ground, right. move forward. And that's beautiful too. Like yep. you can just, you can connect to right. like with your son, being more connected to your loved ones and experiences being in that moment. Right. It's beautiful. Yep. Yep. Okay. So okay. we are going to get into Inspiration Corner. Try to do this in like 
hopefully a minute. Okay. (laughs) So I think it's important to also say that being fully present, especially with, with trauma, in trauma cases, may not always be what's best in the moment. Okay. Okay. And let me explain why. Today's inspiration is an adult female client of mine who has been abused, severely abused as a child and adult, uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, complex trauma, uh, uh, major depression, and so forth. She has gr- uh, shown incredible growth, healing, and resilience, and I can go on and on and on and about all the ways she's uh, uh, healed, but she said something to me that I thought was a um, indication of her newfound awareness, which is actually, I think, stemmed from her being mindful, mm-hmm. right? She said that being present sometimes hurt her more mm-hmm. because it was too painful to be with her feelings and experiences. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes it actually made her suicidal, you know? And this is kind of a chronic thing. She used to be you know, frequently suicidal and she's not like that anymore. Um, so for her to say that, right? Because I think there's definitely a time and place for presence and there's a time and place to contain and be mindful um, and I wanted to know what your thoughts are on that because um, I, I think the fact that she was able to recognize that, she was able to create some safety and stability for herself mm-hmm. and go, okay, this is too much. I'm done. I'm done with this. Let me, do, let me use other coping skills in my toolbox and then I'll return to it when I'm feeling a little more grounded. Oh, that's so powerful and exactly mm-hmm. what, um, and Pem, I'll go back to Pema Trotter, one of my favorite teachers, he talks about that too, is sometimes that's what you don't need, you know, it's a, the foundational practice in general is important over time, but there's a line. If it's causing right. you pain, it's, emotional if distress. If it's heart hurting more than helping. Step away from it. Yeah. Because you can return to it. Right. And this is for me, even though I stepped away for a year or so, you know, and it's like for her to have the insight. Yes. And the, um clarity on that to be able to recognize that that's hugely powerful and that's what it's all about and for her to realize right that it's not an all or nothing approach no and that's it's not there's no end it's not like, it's not saying oh i didn't do this and this i messed oh, up i did right. something wrong and it's i'm that, done and I'm, i've oh, lost the opportunity I, I messed up which we are so used to saying no it's being gentle and understanding that no you didn't you were had enough insight to step away from it realize what was best for you in that moment right and you right. can go back and be mindful again and again. It's always here for you. It always yes. can return to it. Yes. So it's taking away that judgment. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Okay. So uh, thank you for sharing kind of your thoughts on that about my, my inspiration client story because I thought that was really like awesome that she was able to recognize that and take care of herself in a different way. She was practicing so many things within that to take, yeah. to, like, to take care of herself and empower herself. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're yes. welcome. Yeah. In the last few minutes of this podcast, Joy, I'd like for you to lead our listeners through um, a short meditation. Okay. Thank you, Cecile. And I do want to reiterate, this uh, practice that we're going to be doing has a three-step uh, instructions, which you will find in the link that we're going to share uh, with the Mindful Living Toolkit. So you can have these instructions in front of you to help you build your practice. But let's just go into it right now. We're going to sit for three minutes. I'm going to walk the listeners through three steps. Okay. I'll ring my meditation bell. We'll sit and then um, Take go back there. to mindful living. So the three steps that we do when you have a mindfulness sitting meditation are, number one, taking your seat. When you take your seat in this practice, you want to be stable and grounded. You can sit in a chair. That is absolutely fine. You don't have to have a meditation cushion. If you do, that's fine as well to sit cross-legged. But step one is getting stable and grounded and having your feet firmly on the ground. Okay. And you just want to feel dignified almost when you're in your stance. And you can't see this, the listeners can't see this, but you want to feel tall, elongated spine. You don't want to be leaned back against your chair cushion. Mm -hmm. There's um, a real feeling of strength here. So sitting upright, deeply breathing, roll your shoulders back, tuck your chin in. And within this practice, we keep our eyes open. It's a gentle downward gaze. And we like to say in this practice, not too tight, not too loose. You don't want to be rigid in your stance, just feeling stable and strong like a king or a queen. And you put your hands, palm down, on either your thighs or your knees, however it's comfortable for you, just put just hands down. So just natural breathing right now, gentle downward gaze. That's step one, taking your seat. Again, there's power in this. It's like saying you're taking a stand, you're taking a seat. 
Step two is placing your attention on your breath. No special way of breathing. This is just natural in and out breathing. In and out. Our breath is always here to support us. So just breathe. Feel your breath. Either the full cycle. I like to place my attention on the tip of my nose. But whatever is comfortable for you, just breathe. And as we said earlier, your breath is your anchor. So that's step two, placing your attention on your breath. And this takes us to step three, which as you're sitting here, thoughts, feelings, emotions are going to arise for you. And just let them be there. You don't have to connect with them. You're not trying to clear your mind. And as thoughts arise, you can just say in your mind when you start thinking, hmm, thinking. And go back to your breath. For whatever arises with you, allow it to be there, but just return to your breath. Return to your breath as many times as you need. Our mind is meant to think, but we don't have to connect with every thought. So it's just going back to your breath is that step three. It's just acknowledging thoughts, feelings, and emotions, not connecting to them, and going back to the breath. So let's all just sit again, feet firmly on the ground, feeling feeling the earth, or, the, or even if you're at your office, just feeling your feet firmly on the floor. Roll those shoulders back and notice the difference from when you're slouched if you work and you're on a, on a computer, how different it feels to pull your shoulders back and feel that strength in your chest opening up. And just breathe. And we'll sit for three minutes. And then I'll ring the bell to bring us back to the moment. So just breathe. And be gentle with yourself. Remember, there's no goal this exercise other than being in the present moment. Just breathe back to your breath as many times as you need to.
So let's just gently take a few more deep breaths. Close your eyes now. Roll those shoulders back again. And I encourage everyone as you step back into your everyday life to remember that you always have your breath to return to. It's your anchor. And to just be gentle with yourself. But always recognize that the moment is always here for you to return to and that we don't have to connect to every thought that comes up for us and to explore how that feels for you to return to the present moment. So let's open our eyes and just grateful for taking this time and sharing this space with everyone and thank you for allowing me to do that meditation practice even over podcast and sharing this space we're all connected and we can feel that together that was wonderful so and i'd be gentle with yourself and start with a short practice and move forward push your edge with your want to start this foundational practice hope you guys enjoyed that so i'd like to spend the last few minutes okay just talking about you your practice yeah how people can reach you okay and so forth um so we'll have some links um on social media and some things we'll share with you um right now the best way to reach me is uh the link we share you can be added to my mailing list and i also have a free gift that will help you start your own practice and it can start as you said cecile um just a short practice daily. Um, right. So you can connect with me that way via my email list on social media um, on Facebook at Joy Parks Wellness. That's where you can get updates. Joy Parks Wellness. Joy- is that P-A-R-K-E-S? That is correct. Yes. Joy okay. Parks with an E. Uh, wellness. I, um, dot com. Dot com. Yes. Okay. So I, uh, I share my updated schedule and class links there. Um, my email address, we can share that as well. It's joyparkswellness at gmail.com. Okay. And uh, I do um, private lessons, one-on-ones, group classes. I do lunch and learns with corporations. Wonderful. I have an upcoming free workshop at okay. Ginseng Yoga in South Park on nice. October 19th. I'm sorry, October 20th, which is a Sunday. Okay. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to What time? It's from... Um, Three to four thirty. Okay. And we're going to be diving in a little deeper. We're going to be practicing mindfulness. And one of the things I also do is work with clients to really get connected with what bring them, brings them joy and yes. what brings them happiness. Yes. So it's going to be fun, but I'm doing that. Um, and uh, you can check out uh, my calendar on my Facebook page again. I do one-on-one. What's your Facebook page? It's a, I'm sorry. It's a Facebook. Uh, so it's Facebook. Um, forward slash Joy Parks Wellness. Okay. So that's that's the uh, that's where you can see. That's where you can get uh, my links on Facebook as well. Okay. So joyparkswellness.com yes. is the website. Yes. And if they want to contact you, they can email you, joyparks at gmail.com. Correct. And um, you teach, just to recap, you do private lessons, group lessons, um, Corporate lunches. Yes. You pretty much can cover the whole I do it all. gamut of things. Yeah, and I actually have a, a program that I'm doing now called Pathway to Purpose. Okay. And that um, really dives into helping people who are feeling that helplessness, hopelessness. What to, is that? Is it's, that it's a, a, it's a meditation? Th- it's a meditation, but also diving into, it goes into the empowerment coaching of supporting people to nice. build that stability of getting grounded with building a meditation practice, getting clarity on what their values are right. and really sitting with what makes them happy. Living in a aligned life. Alignment, alignment. Yes. And then one of I'm the things that, that I've really put into this with my background as a projects manager, mm-hmm. I'm really good at that structure and strategy. So yeah. I combine those three things to really help people more living that way. So it's a, really living mindfully and really putting fleshing that out. Are your fees also on your website? Um, no, I, I can share those with you. And we can talk if to you clients one on one. Yeah, so yeah. it just depends on the on the one on one clients. I offer different packages. Okay, so uh, we can share that um, maybe on my yeah my, the podcast because yeah. yeah, it, so it varies. Yes. Yeah, and I know that you also had a podcast. Did you want to? Mentioned that at all? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, podcasts are close to my heart. I've done a couple. I had a podcast with two fellow meditation teachers, and it was a lot of fun. We were very different, three different souls who were in this practice. Yeah. It was called uh, Whistling Past the Graveyard, and we interviewed some wonderful people. Um, so that that's another, we had the podcast. That was a podcast I do, and I'm also revisiting another podcast called Unparked. So okay. I have the, a couple of resources. We can share Unparked. links to that as well. Okay, yeah. great. So for more information about Joy Parks, Please uh, go to our podcast, Get Mental, because the links are going to be there. It's also going to be on all my social media uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
And if you have any questions whatsoever about today's show, just email me, transcendtherapy at gmail.com, and we're happy to give you whatever information that you need. There you go, guys. We have uh, concluded today's show. Thank you for being here. Um, And again, thank you, Joy Parks, for joining us. And like I always tell everybody, be well and be gentle. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. Don't